everybody! It's the final episode of Where in the World is Nico? And of course, we have to have our two guests, our and our main event person, whatever you want to call them, our subject matter. Nico and Tom, how are you guys? I'm well. <laughs> Good morning, by the way, <laughs> from the other side of the world. Nico, what time is it over there? It is 9.14 a.m. Apologies if we're a little late. We had to set stuff up, you know. The huge. The huge. Sweet. Well, uh, Tom, is there anything you need to want to say to the fine viewers? Uh -oh. No, I don't, I don't think so. I just... I was... Uh... <laughs> Tom was having technical difficulties. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you were actually <laughs> <He's> there. Got... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a little weird. All right, Nico. Uh, so let's uh, let's. We, it's been a while. Uh, last time I think you were in uh, Denver. So fill us in. Denver. Uh, yeah, that was Denver. Okay, that was. I think I only had about two, a week left. But I think that was also the time where I announced that I was going to extend the trip uh, because a really good friend of mine in Austin allowed me to house sit for them in Austin. So from Denver, I went to Austin uh, for a week, and then I went to Miami. So I went back to Florida. Uh, this was the second, my second time in Florida. Uh, for a music festival, I was there for a week, and then I went back to Austin, and I started my house-sitting gig. So I actually was there for another about three, four weeks, and it was glorious. Like, I, I honestly, <laughs> just doing nothing was awesome. Like, I got to look after their dog. Actually, like, got to exercise again. I got to eat tacos again. Like, ah, oh, so good. Like, <laughs> Austin tacos. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think the best tacos in the world that I've had are from Mexico. Uh, I love you, Austin, but, man, those Mexican tacos are amazing. But Austin tacos are, like, the best breakfast tacos you can get. So had that, had some barbecue. And it just, I think the most important thing about that whole housing experience was I felt like my head was turning the entire time. You know, the whole experience was just a whirlwind of, uh, I guess, emotion. Just, I, I, I stopped traveling. Uh, it was nice. It was really nice. I think my head stopped spinning after <laughs> about three weeks. I was like, oh, I think I got my sanity back. But then that's when I had to leave. So I think I left. I flew home, uh, home being the Philippines. I left, I think, April 22nd. And I think. Solid 24 hours later, I landed in Manila. Uh, that is actually not where I am now, though. <laughs> Psych. Uh, so since uh, so I landed in Manila, I think April 23rd. Uh, I was there for about three weeks. You know, I was catching up with uh, my family, especially my brother, who got engaged while I was away. Uh, so he's I was trying to help. I think literally the day after I arrived, I was helping him with. Uh, with something to do with his wedding, so that was super, super cool. Trying to get the lay of the land again, but I couldn't get comfortable for too long because I had to pack my bags again and ultimately move to Sri Lanka, uh, where I am right now. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, that's where I've been since. So give or take, it's been about two months, right? Yeah, April twenty second. Yeah, a little over two months since I came back from the trip. So, uh, Nico, so uh, we have this sweet little infographic. 
It might be a little hard to see on the screen, but we're going to pull it up anyways. You can go to his Facebook page and he posted it if you want to see a bigger version of it. So I'm going to pull it up. So you, uh, so hit us with what, what this means. And how All you right. made it, which is what I want to know. Uh, <laughs> how I made it. So number one, let's, let's, let's start with that question. How I made it, canva.com. It's an amazing website. My friend June told me about it, and it's great. It's, it's design software for the non-designer. They've got so many templates. I started with a template, and I picked up all the icons along the way from a website called Free Pick, and Pick is spelled P-I-K dot com. It's great. Uh, so let's start with the infographic. Uh, I think the first thing, the where the hell I went. At the once the dust settled, uh, I ended up going to twenty-one countries, uh, kind of mostly centered uh, in kind of the South and Southeast Asia regions. I did go to five South American countries uh, and two Central, well, Cuba is more Caribbean, uh, Nicaragua, three countries in the African continent, put all the flags there. So extra points, if anybody is watching this right now, if you can name all 21 countries by looking at the flag, you will get a super big high five from me. Wow, a high five, that's All right. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Worst, I just came back from traveling, man. Worst, worst prize, prize ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Just between the two of you, which flags do you recognize? Except the very last one. Of course, I know you guys know that. Um, not many. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this about America, but uh, we don't have the best geography over here. So, so I'm going to pull this back up again. Uh, so right. I, I got gonna, the first gonna, one. Uh, that, that would be China. That is not China, dude. That's not China? <laughs> I thought not... China was the the red flag with the star. <laughs> yeah, it's got four stars. <laughs> oh, God. Ta- hey, Mrs. Tom, Brown would not any... be proud of me now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Tom, do you recognize any of these flags? Uh, Tom is not currently here. We're trying to get him back. He, uh, he's oh, no, no, we lost Tom. So Tom is no more. Uh, it's possible Denver doesn't exist or he's having internet problems. So, <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, no. Okay, so we'll continue on with the infographic. Uh, uh, so Brazil, ended- I see Brazil. Oh, yeah, you got one. And All right, Israel. Okay. You, get a, you, get, you, get a, you get a high five. Oh, you got two, yes. Um, go to Israel. Boy. And here's a fun fact: all know, the flags are the, the flags are actually in order of all the countries I went to. So, so if you start from the top. Right, I, have a conf- I have I have to disclaim something. I assumed that, and I guessed that, and I'm trying not to cheat, and I still got the ones I got. <laughs> yeah, I knew yeah, okay. a few of the order, <laughs> and I almost was like, I right. know that's Cuba, even though I don't actually know that it's Cuba, because I have no idea what their flag is, but right. I know that's Cuba. If you follow the order, that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a fun fact. I never, never told anyone till now, so there you go. It is an order. So can you pull the graphic up again? Uh, let's go through it. Okay. So it ended up being 387 travel days. Um, let's see, what does the next thing say? I should pull it up. Uh, oh, yeah, it's the, the longest. US. Yeah, the longest The longest uh, I've stayed in a single country was the United States. I stayed for a total of 83 days. That includes the – it was only supposed to be really two months, but since I got uh, the house-sitting gig, it was much longer. And I unfortunately only stayed in Mexico for three days. 
which is sad. I did eat a lot of tacos in those three days. So I don't think it was, I didn't feel that bad. I felt really full when I left. Uh, the big question uh, that I get all the time is how much money I spent. So there you go. I spent a total of $26,333.31, give or take about $100 due to uh, currency fluctuations while I traveled. And that amounted to $68.04 per day. I think I mentioned before that my initial budget was $50 a day. Yeah, I went over it, but it, I'm still here and I'm not completely flat broke. So I think it worked out pretty well. I think, I think something to mention here is that like, if a trip of this nature, like it's important. And if money is going to be such a tremendous issue, then you you kind of have to course correct along the way. Like I knew I would have a buffer. I mean, that's why I, that I would go over. So I allowed myself to do it and not deprive myself of certain experiences. For example, Cuba. Like I'm not gonna, not going to have a Cuban cigar, <clears throat> and there and some of the ones I bought were like twelve dollars a pop. You know, that's all. That's about twenty five percent of my budget for the day was spent on a single cigar. I'm not going to deprive myself of that. So that. It's totally up to you, and that's one thing I learned along the way. So can you pull that up again? Let's go through it. Ah, oh, Miles. This was interesting. So when I was visiting my friend Ashley, she lives out uh, in Pennsylvania. She's like, hey, have you ever figured out how, much, how many miles you actually traveled? And I was like, that's a really good thing to kind of report because I love data. This is why like, I was able to create. I collected so much data along the way, and I was like, all right, okay, let's actually break down where like in terms of miles so what i did was every i didn't count the number of miles i traveled inside a, a destination that i was already at so I, I just i was calculating strictly journey miles so like going from point a to point b i broke down all the towns i visited and i also uh, wrote, wrote down or calculated like how i got there whether it was train a bus a flight or a boat it ended up being, I really thought I was going to hit 100,000. And I was like, oh, I was like a little short. I think a little over, what was it 80? It was not 86. a little short. I just want to add that. If you were like ex- 98, I'd been like, oh, yeah, you're pretty <laughs> short. Like, that's, man, that, ah, 2,000, but 15,000, that's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a long ways. And yeah. this is from a Montanan who's sitting in Montana. When you right. cross the state, it's like, thousand miles so that's yeah i know that's a long yeah fair enough so yeah i mean like i said i wanted to get 100 just just be able to say like oh i went 100k like no sorry did about 80 80 something uh right i think it was funny that the longest single longest journey was the last flight home that was a long way everyone had to calculate so i had to fly from austin texas to los angeles california and then from there i flew over to korea briefly and then got back on the plane to go to Singapore. From Singapore, I flew that. I didn't realize how long of a journey that was till I actually calculated the, the flight distance. So, yeah, just the last journey alone was about 15%, which is interesting. And on the right-hand side, you can see that I broke down uh, my methods of transport. And it, it pretty evenly distributed. I definitely took an equal number of flights and buses. I know for some travelers, like flights are much more cost prohibitive. So you could see that chart be much more different uh okay the very last line that was interesting how to calculate the number of beds i slept on 
And I also want to to preface and say that the number 117 is the least because so let's say I was staying in a place in a hostel, but they would say they would be full up. So I had to switch beds like midway into my stay. So it actually could be way more than the 117 that I published there. But at the very least, I slept on 117 different beds. And that to me is wild. It's like, wow, I've never, I would never take like a bed, like my own bed again for granted. Because wow, <laughs> that, that was absolutely. Good. I mean, honestly, honestly, that's one of the things that I got very jealous about. Like people, are like, oh, you're going on this amazing trip, but like, yeah, but you get to sleep on the same bed, man. Like, I don't. I'm not even saying that jokingly. I'm actually, I actually mean it. Like, you get to sleep on the same bed. <laughs> I think that. I think because I mean, people spend like a, a lot, a lot of time, like sleeping on a bed. Just like, you want that to be awesome <laughs> i mean yeah i mean i'm not saying every time was wasn't great but there are times where it sucked really bad so i was like oh i wanted a good bed uh yeah but okay 117 beds uh, i think the next stat was the number of sim cards i used because i had to stay connected uh to be to be in touch with my girlfriend as well as to do my job and i used 19 of them so i had 19 different phone numbers along the way, which I thought was super interesting. Uh, the very last one, I don't know why I say this for last. This is kind of a big, I might create an, uh, its own infographic. It's the number of rewards points that I used. Uh, I think there's more to the story. It's like, we can do a podcast just on this very topic. Uh, and I've written about it extensively, but I think I, I've spent a little over 600,000 freaking flyer and hotel points combined to get, uh, a ton of really really awesome flights and a bunch of hotel stays so that is infographic in a nutshell it, it was it was fun to put it together like it was i think i'm at a stage now where i can like de really debrief and uh i don't know just really debrief and they kind of look back at, at see like okay now you're i i took a step back and i was able to see okay this is what i did Oh wow! Okay, I mean, I'm not one to like do this, right? Oh, I'm so awesome. No, it was for me. It's just being aware of what happened. Like, it was it was it was a pipe dream about a year and a half, about two years ago, that I could do something like this, and it's like, oh man, it happened. Like, all right, thumbs up. Thumbs all up. right. Well, <laughs> speaking of debrief, I have some questions for you. I'm gonna have to ask ask Tom's questions too. So sorry, Tom. Okay. Uh, he's he did send me a message, but uh, pr- running production and troubleshooting is very difficult, so I don't think I can do it. Do them both, so I apologize, Tom. Uh, hopefully, maybe he can get back. I don't know. He, I only got one message from him. So, my question: I'm going to pull up my big chart here. What is the one thing you wish you knew before you left? Man, what is the one thing I wish I knew? Uh before I left I I think it this is going to sound really corny but I think I would say like take your time I think I was so I had this I had a goal like my goal was to hit at least 20 countries again it sounded great on paper but really this is one of the like I, I regret absolutely nothing about the trip at all nothing 
But if there's something I would do different, it was I would probably go to half the countries that I've gone to just so I could spend more time. The countries that I've spent at least three to four weeks in, I had I noticed that I had a significantly more inf- impactful time than the places where I only spent a week. And there are some countries like Ecuador, for example. I left after a week thinking like, man, why am I leaving? Because I, I created such a tight schedule for myself that I had to follow it. And I just felt bad. Like you would say goodbye to some really awesome people. I mean, that that's the nature of travel, right? Uh, that's the nature of, of doing something like this. And it just felt, so that's probably the thing I would do is like really take your time. I know some people that have spent like six months in a single country, like, I mean, if they were if they were able to stay up to six months, they would do it. And there's something about really settings, and it, and it allows you to set some roots. I think that's really important. Like, yeah, you're traveling, you're seeing other, you're you're away from home, but if you are able to stay in one place for a while, you can make it home very very quickly. And that and that only can happen if you stay. I think that's my biggest thing that I wish I knew before I left. Okay, so and. What is one thing you're glad you knew before your trip? Uh, one thing that I'm glad I knew uh, that y- it would be. And so I, I've got to like definitely shout out my backpack here. It's that you could live a life. Yes, I was traveling. I understand that, but I could live like the life I wanted to live, traveling with very little. I basically stuffed my bag with everything that I could ever ever need, and I just and I of course I knew this like I definitely packed way too much, but I def and I still had everything. I was still pretty mobile, so I had. Uh, I wish I sent you a picture of like me and my my attire. So it was like a big fifty-five liter pack, and oh, it was a forty-liter pack in the back, like a fifteen-liter like little pack in the front. And just a little dry bag that I carry. That's literally all I had. Most well, t- towards the end, I definitely picked up more stuff because I was heading home. But everything I everything I needed, I had, and that was something I was very confident. Uh, I think that goes into how well you pack for your trip and how prepared you are. But I was confident that I had everything, and I definitely had everything and more. So that's one thing I was glad I I knew. I was confident that I had everything. All right, so I have to channel my inner Tom for these ones. <laughs> I can't do a Tom impression. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever fear for your life at any point during the trip? <laughs> so I I had to think about that one. And there's, so for the most part, no. I, I thought that it's not like I'm just this Red Bull chugging, like, yeah, man, let's do it. No, no, nothing like that. Uh, I would say that there's one particular time where I feared for my life. And this was in Bolivia. And I was visiting a war. (laughs) Oh, come on. That's not true. Uh, I was visiting Bolivia. And I was in a town called Potosi. And I was visiting a working silver mine. And I remember going in there. I was dressed like a miner. So I had a hard hat and these dusty like overalls for miners and we go in there and within five minutes of entering this really dark cave so at this point i've turned my little lamp on with entering the the tunnel our guide goes i want everybody to run really fast 
and turn right when I tell you. I was like, oh God, what is happening? So now we are now running in this really dark tunnel and we had to kind of shimmy to the right really fast. And like, so at this point we're leaning up against the wall like that. And next thing you know, this one ton crate just flies by us. Like with these two guys pushing it. So if you guys have ever played like uh, Uncharted on like on the PlayStation, those mining, those mining trolleys literally flew by us. And if we were, and we just maybe missed it by five seconds. And if we were five seconds too late, we would have been crushed by a one ton crate. And this happened repeatedly over this two-hour tour. And also, while I was on the visitor's ride, we had to crawl through really small holes, climb really tall ladders, climb down really small, uh, really tall ladders through really small openings. And I was, it was crazy. And then when I walked out, I was like, oh, we, like, I actually said, like, oh, I'm still alive. Like, this is great. And I just remember that experience. Like, oh, my God. God, it was, it was, that was the time. It was, I mean, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had because it didn't feel, because I, I honestly think most of the tourist-based experiences that I've been on are, are very sheltered and they're very safe. Like, I even went on safari and I never feared for my life once, even though there was a, you know, a giant animal that could eat me for dinner. A few, not a few feet, but probably like 10, 20 feet away from me. But this is the only time that I really, like, I've, I've even gone, uh, yeah, like whitewater rafting and my boat flipped and I still didn't fear for my life. But this was the time where I actually thought, oh, God, I'm, I'm glad to be alive. <laughs> so there you go. That's the one time I feared for my life. All right. So what's one thing you brought with you at the beginning of your trip, but you wish you left behind? <sighs> uh, so I'm not going to... through get to one item. I would say it's a one class of item and it would be clothes. Uh, I definitely brought way too many clothes. I, I, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't a lot. So I brought a week's worth of clothes. But if you were really good about like if doing your own laundry, which is very easy to do over sink, just hand wash, and especially if your clothing is the athletic, like quick dry kind, you would only need probably two to three changes of clothes and just cycle through them really fast. And that clothes are the one thing that I definitely brought way too much of it was it was tough for me because I was going through all these different countries and I didn't know yeah you're preparing for the weather uh, essentially but you should have a just know that here's a tip for you if you are going to all these places and I would say budget some money and pick up like weather specific clothes. So if you're going like mountain climbing and you need warm gear, like look to pick it up over there. It's probably cheaper. You could probably buy it used. Don't try and bring it yourself. Uh, that's just going to add a lot of strain. Uh, if you, I mean, if, if you can bring it, then go for it. But for me, I was literally, you know, I had to pack 50 liters worth of stuff. And I definitely brought way too many clothes, especially if you're just going to beach, a beach place. You only need like two pairs of like shorts to swim in, and because you'll be in that most of the time, you can just rotate. Yeah, definitely clothes. Way too many of them. All right, so we have a clip. Uh, hopefully, Yay. the audio will not blare out. I don't know. <laughs> so we're gonna we've had some problems playing this clip before. So we're gonna give it a try. Uh, did you did you just want me to play the full clip? 
Yeah, go for it. So I'll, I will. Yeah, I will. I will. Uh, I will talk a little about the clip. Uh, I think one of the awesome things I did while I was housing in Austin was I reached out to my service clubs. I was a member of the Rotary Club. Shout out to everyone in the Austin Cosmo Rotary Club. I see y'all. Woo! And uh, I got to speak i came in for a meeting and i was for what i was it was weird because when i was a member i would watch all these great speakers come in and, and speak about their experiences but now i was invited or i actually invited myself i asked them uh, <laughs> to be a speaker <laughs> but I, they said yeah please come by so it was great i actually got to give a, give them a talk and this is a part of my speech that i gave and it is on uh the biggest question that people asked me i talked about a little bit earlier the infographic is uh, how much money I spend on the trip, and and more specifically, I give you details on how I got that money. Right. Yeah, go for it, Andy. Here it goes. Boom! I learned a lot about money. Oh my god! Uh, so let's let's talk about this because it's always the elephant in the room. It's okay next to those really good questions. That's what people always ask, right? So I'm gonna tell all. No no holds barred. The first thing I did was I found this book. It's called How to Travel the World on $50 a Day. It was written by a man named Cap Matt Kepnes, who actually goes by Nomadic Matt on the internet. He's probably one of the most prolific travel bloggers on the internet. He actually lives here in Austin, uh, and it's kind of cool. He, he's from New York, I think, but he lives in Austin. Great. I bet it was a fantastic book, because I didn't read it. Uh, but the most, important, the most important part about this was that number. $50 a day. It gave me a place to start. Because how do you even start? How do you plan to do this? Okay, $50 a day, perfect. So if you do the math, $50 a day is $18,250. Yeah, I had that same look when I, when I did the math. Like, oh, okay, I guess I need $18,250. So this is how I did it. For, for, for those who don't know, I was a prolific basketball sneaker collector. My room looked like Foot Locker. It was a bit, bit out of control. And it was actually quite, it was actually, it was priceless. So much so that I sold all of them for $12,000. I was like, oh, super. A lot of the work is done. Who, I knew, I knew when I started doing it that it would be like a money collector. One day I would cash it out and it would work. So now I was still six grand short. So what did I do? I drove for Uber. Aha! Uh -huh. <laughs> yep, totally dropped her off. I even delivered food for favor. So I had a full-time job that I was doing all day, and I would go out and I and do these things because I had one thing in mind, $18,250. I did everything I could to get that number. And like Aaron mentioned, ah, shoot, pictures will wash out, but that is all I had from my 1,000-square-foot apartment after I sold everything. There wasn't even, that's my bedroom. There's not even a bed anymore. It was gone. All I had was a couple suitcases, some shoes that I donated, that I couldn't sell, donated, uh, some clothes, and some gear. That was all I had left. Sold it all. And I actually made, up, made it up. So now, after going through this very arduous process, and making like, so much money in a freakishly short amount of time. This is what I had. I had the year's budget, $18,250. I actually even had 6000 That was some savings and some extra stuff that I sold. 
because I knew I know I know myself. Like I will go over budget, so I gave myself six grand just to be safe. Ah, this is the important part. Along the way, I learned how to rack up a lot of frequent fly miles, so I got a million of them before I left. So that I'll explain more later, but that that helped a lot. All right. So like I said, I will tell all. Before I left, I spent this much money. That was for visas. Uh, what else did I buy? Oh, insurance. God, insurance is expensive. But I bought insurance. And now, drum roll. I will tell you exactly how much money that I spent. Any guesses? Plus 15,000. Any more? All right, you're, 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 all, you're all in the ballpark. Here we go. $26,226.75 as of two days ago. I spent $2 at lunch today, so add two bucks. All right, first of all, I'm trying to listen to your clip, and I see someone on Facebook say the auto's not working, so I go into full panic mode. And then I realize it's you, and you had it on mute. Boo, Nico, you messed up your production guy, and he got all paranoid for nothing, so I'm giving you a shout-out for that. <laughs> I, I can hear it. I can hear it. It's great. <laughs> oh, man, production panic, but we're all over now. So um, I bet you want to talk. Do you want to any mention anything else about the clip? I got him all riled up. Now. Uh, I think I totally broke him. He's done. He's just game over. It's hot. <laughs> it's hot. It's ten about around ten. No, sorry. I was, I was literally. I was still watching like the Facebook thing, and I was like, "Oh God!" There's like, I gotta switch back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." I was. I, I mean, I'm not saying I love watching myself. I was like, "Oh man!" I was like, "Man, this guy knows what he's talking about." You know? <laughs> I was like, "Oh shoot, it's me." <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh man! Right, I apologize. It was it was kind of like an inception moment. It was like, what am I? Whoa, who's? Oh crap! Okay, we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, yeah, it was. So, for so for any astute people, uh, yes, the the stat, the final stat was different because in the money spent column, because this was shot. I think that that speech was given. I think four days before I actually ended the trip. So there was, I think there was an extra like $60 difference <laughs> on, man, like what the hell? Uh, yeah. So that, that was, it was fun to do. I, I have a longer, so, so to anyone that's interested, I have the longer form one that I'm still putting together. I wanted to put that together for this, uh, for this cast, but a full, like a 30 minute version of that. I know some people have asked me where it is. I I'm working on it. Uh, sorry for the delay, but it will, it will be on my YouTube channel, uh, at some point. But yeah, that was it was fun to like watch it again. <laughs> All right, so we got a couple more questions. These ones come from your Facebook page. So I'm going to read them off here. After coming back from your trip, do you feel satisfied or do you want to go back? And that comes from Pelly? Yep, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was speaking so Pelly was someone I met. Uh, he's from Sweden. He was someone I met uh while I was traveling and then he recently he actually asked me how I made the infographic, but then we actually got to talk about travel again. And he asked me this really thought-provoking question. It's like, hey, do you feel satisfied or do you want to go back? And I, I, it, it, I had to like really think about it because 
I would I will admit that after nine months of traveling, I was I, I mean we spoke about this before. I was I was ready I was ready to be done. I was I, I was I was I remember distinctly remember being in Colombia, and I was thinking, man, I I should go home. Like I'm done. Um, so at that point, it was more of like mental exhaustion. So it's not physical exhaustion that I felt. It was more mental exhaustion. But at that point. I was definitely satisfied, even though I had really big plans because I was, I mean, I was coming to see you, I do you and everyone back in the United States. And I was like, all right, I, it will be such a bummer if I had to go back, if I have to stop and then go back because I knew I had to be back in the United States. So I, that was when I had to make a huge decision of do I keep going or not? Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did uh, because even though I felt satisfied at that point, I think what came after was also very very satisfying i mean it came at a high price of like my mental sanity but i think i so i right so so let's fast forward to this very moment i would say i am satisfied i mean i'm not saying that i'm not going to travel again uh but i think for everything that i've wanted from that trip i got and much much more i think that i that when i distill it down to that very fact yes I am very satisfied. And do I want to go back? Yeah, definitely. Of course. Like there's, I, I only went to 21 countries. I think there's close to 200 now. I mean, I'd love to see them all if, if I can in my lifetime. So yeah, of course I do want to go back. All right. So Ben writes, Nico, how do you find cheap flights? Ah, okay. So let's talk about finding cheap flights uh, so i'm assuming that you are paying for them because i like frequent fly miles are my jam but that's again a whole nother conversation so i will give you some general pointers on how to find cheap flights ben i hope you're i'll tag you in this later all right number one the best way to find cheap flights if you travel by yourself sorry people with friends if you are searching for just one person, you will, def yep, you will definitely get the cheapest rate. And here's a tip. If you're traveling more than one person, try looking for fares one at a time. So, like, if, so for example, Andy, if you're flying with your that's, wife. That sounds, like a hot, that's a, that sounds like a pretty hot tip. I yeah. wish I would have known that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So try to find a ticket for one person and then do it twice. So if you were flying with your wife, this is what you would do. Uh, because if you try to do two, it there tends, like I said, this like airfare pricing mechanics are, it's all based on algorithm. And one thing they found is that if you try and do searches for one person at a time, you might, it might end up being cheaper. Uh, so that's my one tip. Try to try to try to travel by yourself or searching for person. number two is be extremely flexible. So I recently wrote a piece about this uh, for for someone, where there are three distinct there are three distinct times where you can book a flight. So if you try to book a so most flights are available to book eleven months in advance. So as soon as there are a flight, as soon as that flight is be you can buy a ticket for that flight would historically be the cheapest time you would be able to buy because it's the initial sale of a ticket. So again. This may not be true for all airlines, but there's data, strong data to support that if you buy the ticket, the first day it's made available to you is the cheapest. So if you buy it 11 months in advance, you're in a good spot. 
uh, to buy cheap. So the next time frame is from 11 months to two months of a ticket of a, of a, of a, sorry, not ticket of a flight. That is historically the worst time to buy a flight because a lot of people who are very risk averse buy it at that time. I mean, there's very, there's very few times where you're going to know what your plans are so far in the future. Most people fall in line within like six months, like, oh, okay, I think I'm going to go to this place in six months. Oh, in like three months or something like that. So a lot of, a lot of, a lot of those people pool together. That is the, the, the highest demand for a flight is during that time. So there's very, so that's when you can see prices strongly fluctuate, unfortunately, in an upward trend. Uh, so 11 to two months before a flight is kind, I would say stay away from it if you can. Now, last minute flights. Within two months of a flight, the cl that's the third time frame. The closer you get to a flight, the best chance of getting like a ridiculously screaming deal. All right, so there are two caveats here. Number one, it depends on where you're flying. If you're flying on a route that is frequently flown, for example, London to New York, getting a last minute flight will be really difficult because they're gonna sell those seats anyway. People, it's a, it, people are going to take that flight. So your chances are very, very low. But if you're flying, for example, Chicago to Kalamazoo, you know, uh, Michigan, the chance of getting a last minute ticket are really high because it's not a route that many people fly very often. So they often have unsold seats that they will sell to you for really very, very low prices. So it kind of depends. So you, you have to do your research. Uh, also, research is very important. So for example, if you know you're going to take a, f this particular flight six months in advance, study what it's like right now. Like and just kind of keep tra track of price. You can use, I think Google Flights is a great way to do it. They kind of automate it and they kind of do a nice little chart for you that uh, that will show you like how the prices is trending. You can even set alerts to, to send you an email that say like, hey, uh, email me when the price is this and that's when it can go in. I actually did that a couple of years ago and I saved like 50% off a flight from my parents to fly in Hawaii once, which I thought was absolutely amazing. Okay, here's my last tip. And this is kind of an advance. Uh, this might be a little over some people's heads, but it's basically adding a, uh, let's see, adding a non-hub so non to a hub flight. So a hub is basically a an important, it's a hub, right? So it's, you know, that sounded really dumb. Uh, a hub city <laughs> is where, it, the hub city is the airline's kind of home base. So let's, let me take, for example, like Singapore Airlines, for example. Their home base is Singapore. So the most expensive flights come out of Singapore. So Singapore to Los Angeles, Singapore to London are very expensive flights. But there's a scenario where, for example, so let's say I'm flying out of, so I'm in Colombo, Sri Lanka right now. Let's say I get a flight from Colombo, Sri Lanka to Singapore and then Singapore to London, there is a very strong possibility that that flight, Colombo to Singapore is fair, that's basically it. Just add on, tack on an extra flight or, so, oh, actually it's called a positioning flight. I just like, Jesus, like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, add on a positioning flight to a hub and that's uh, typically you'll get some really good fares that way. So hopefully that'll help uh, if,
So if anybody in the near future listening to this tries one of those tricks, please let me know if it worked. Because, yeah, it, your mileage may vary. I'll, I'll tell you, as much as I know about airlines and how they work, it's still like a mystery. It's still shrouded in a lot of mystery. So we can only guess at this point. All right. So Nico's uncle asks, what did you learn about yourself? Or let me rephrase this. <laughs> wow, I can't even read. What did you learn <laughs> about yourself after going on this trip? What did I learn about myself? That's actually the second most popular question I get asked. And my uncle asked me that recently. All right. Well, my internet dropped and we lost connection, so uh, we're back. <laughs> so, Nico, and we're, uh, we're going to go back to your uncle's question of what did you learn about yourself? Start that one over. Okay. Let's start that one over. So it is the second most popular question that I get. It's what did you learn about yourself by going on this trip? But I also think that I want to add a little more. Uh, add a little more to that question is what did I learn about myself that I didn't already? Because that to me is a super thought provoking question. I think the biggest thing that I learned about myself uh, throughout this whole thing that I didn't know already was how much uh, I liked living an unconventional life. Uh, and because I, I think it was, uh, does this make me a hippie? Damn. Yes. Uh, Damn. <laughs> so it's it's basically just I, I'm not saying bucking like norms. For example, like there are social there are social norms like you try and eat breakfast at this time. It's like no, I don't want to do that. I just want to do whatever I want. Like technically now I don't even eat breakfast anymore. But you know, things like that, uh, just not having to do what society tells me to. God, I'm really sounding sound like a hippie. Damn it. Uh, that I really like that a lot. Because I technically didn't have a full-time job for a year and a half, and I was okay. You know, especially in Asian culture, not having a job that long means you're deadbeat. Like, I hate to say it, but it's true. You are going to look, you're going to get frowned upon for doing that. It's like, I'm here. I'm doing really well, actually. Like, I, it was so good. I mean, things like that. Uh, and other aspects of living on conventional life, uh, I, I really enjoy and I think that's and that's something I didn't know about myself. Like I was looking forward to it, but I thought, oh, I'm really gonna hate it. I want to go back to my rigid, like, you know, go back to a nine to five. I mean, don't get me wrong, having a consistent schedule works, but that doesn't mean the schedule has to be from nine to five. I think that's that's kind of thing. You setting your own rules for yourself is something that I really liked, and and the rules I set for myself are rules that I think I never thought I would set. Uh, for myself before I went on this trip. So I thought that was uh, interesting when I when I thought about it. So yeah, thank you to everyone that asked me that question. And I'm happy to like repeat that over and over because I, that, that's, I think that's awesome. Yeah, of course we drop out during probably one of the more important questions in the cast. But, you know, uh, <laughs> that's technology. That's just how it rolls. So, of course, that's the magic of post. It'll all be blended together and one beautiful audio yeah, video stream. Magic. So. Only yeah. the people live will actually know. <laughs> um, so my uh, last question, um, one of your viewers, he's really awesome. I don't even need to say his name, but um, he's probably one of your tallest viewers. What is the best yeah, adult beverage you had on your trip? And I also want to know where. Ah, man. Best adult beverage. I got to think about this. 
Oh, and my light went off. Oh, sorry if I just got dark there. Uh, best adult beverage. So when I first started traveling, it's just a lot of crappy beer. So I it's not going to be a beer. I hate to say it. Uh, all right. I, okay, it, it has to be this. It, it's got to be the Caipirinha, right? It, so it's, it's a drink you can find in Brazil. And there is, uh, there's a place in Rio. Oh, my God. I, it's, I'm completely blanking out. It's the nightlife spot. It's in a very shady part of town, of course. Uh, and they serve these giant caipirinhas. It's, it's basically just like lime and liquor and some sugar. And of course, you put those three things together and you drink it in you know, vast quantities. You will, you will do the drunk teleportation very quickly. <laughs> and, that, and I've definitely been, I've definitely been caught in that a few times. Uh, so that is probably the best one. It was, it was dangerous, yes. Uh, it was dangerous, yes. But it was probably the best one. An honorable mention, though, will definitely go to mojitos in Havana, Cuba. You can get uh, a, a, you can get a Havana. I mean, a Havana Club, which is their local rum, uh, mojito for. I think $2 almost anywhere and they use really fresh mint and it's f fabulous. So honorable mention to that one. All right. So what now you're done, you're home. Well, home, new home. Yeah. Not, new not, home, not, huh? not old uh, home, new home, <laughs> uh, not yeah, in the United States. Yeah. Not in the U S just said, I mean, I did this. Oh, yeah, speaking to us, like, Happy belated Fourth of July to everyone back in the states, man. Like I, I, I was trying to like figure out a way where I could celebrate. It's one of my favorite holidays, honestly. And so I was like, I will there say was the fireworks in Missoula were the best they've ever been. Oh come on, they, yep, really? True story. So, live, so get, so get this. I, I know, I know, half of your, most of your audience doesn't know even well what Missoula exists, but you do. So. They so the mall is being redone with our tax money. That's a long political story, um, <laughs> and you know uh, that sounds very positive for me. So they had it at Playfair Park, or they had it at the fairgrounds, which is a very publicly right, right. accessible area. Mm -hmm. It's a ton of seating. Playfair Park, which is a huge, beautiful park, is right next door. There were probably a thousand people just around in Playfair Park. People were running oh, around, geez. screaming, having a good time, and the fireworks were right there. I mean, we were probably maybe like 500 yards from when they were launching off. Like, you could sell, smell the smoke, and it was so cool. Oh, it was awesome. So it oh, was, man. It was, it was really neat, really though, and it was a really nice. The only thing is, though, and I didn't actually hear what happened, is at the very end of the show, dark black smoke was coming out so i think something got lit on fire oh uh, one <laughs> other funny story someone had a drone in the sky pretty sure it got oh, hit no. with a firework and went down oh, no. so so pro tip um uh, it is legal <laughs> to do this uh at night oh, however you can't do it in front of a crowd and you know the whole thousand people being yeah. there that would be considered a crowd i think and uh, when those did things get crash, I, don't, I doubt it. But I now I did look in through. I, I watched some drone footage today of firework displays. I will say, if you haven't done that, 
okay, first of all, don't do it. It's really stupid. But people <laughs> right. have done it. Go back and watch their video because it's amazing. Amazing. So, yeah, definitely I'm just thinking, that. Okay, so, like, going on a little tangent here, it's like, how would you prevent it from, like, heat? Like, that's insane. Yeah, if, it, if you get hit, you'll probably go down. Yeah, and then, oh, God, that's, well, yeah, I'm not putting mine up there. <laughs> that definitely not. I don't think it, like, I don't think, I mean, Prevented. you can now set it to fly higher than, okay, never mind. Okay, so back, back to the question. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's very thought-breaking. So what now, huh? Uh, so, yeah, settling into, uh, I guess it's funny because it's, so I'm back in Sri Lanka, and I wouldn't say back because I grew up here. Uh, and I left when I was 15 years old to go to college, and I've actually come back. Uh, and it's changed a lot. I mean, when I was growing up, there was a huge civil war that was happening, and the war ended when I was uh, studying when I was in college. And everything's become so like modern, and there's like new things. I even visit like old stores I used to go into as a kid, and I was like, "Whoa, what are all these places?" So just kind of getting my bearings again. Um, is awesome. But another thing that happened was I got a job. Like, yay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really excited for it. It's a, it's a great opportunity working uh, for an app, uh, one of the biggest apps here in the country. Uh, <clears throat> so trying to get back into the swing of things. I mean, yeah, I'll have a nine to five, but you know, I will still hold on to my, try to live my life unconventionally and uh, going to see it see how that works, I guess. And here's another thing that I was speaking to, uh, a concern I had when I was speaking to a friend of mine last night. And I was like, you know what, man? Like, I just realized I haven't felt like a real stress, you know, the stress that gives you like heart yep. attacks in over a year and a half. Like the hardest things I had to deal with was, oh man, am I going to make this bus? Oh, I'll just take the next one. So I mean, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? That's the, or, or it's like, oh, what am I going to eat today? It was probably the hardest things I had to deal with. Uh, I mean, of course, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of making light of the situation. I mean, yeah, but I've never really felt that the stress that plagued much of my my career before I left. I mean, it was what caused me to like to really take off on this trip was uh, feeling that, that, that horrible stress. So I'm curious to see like how, so that's definitely going to be the adjustment period for me. It's like, okay, how am I going to deal with this in the first, three months, six months of this, of this job. So I'm, I'm super curious, uh, super curious about how that's going to work. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of what, what's, what's going to happen right now. Yeah. So we're live smart. again. Yeah. Uh, and it does mute. It does. Facebook does mute it. Oh, apparently shoot. charter uh, is just loving us tonight. Apparently they're like, you know, I know it's your finale in, you want to do a longer episode, but guess what? We don't want you to. We want you to only download, not upload. So, oh man. So thank you, Charter. Right, one really sec. appreciate that. So we're I gonna... am going to. Oh. I'm going to put a comment here. One second. Uh, hey, hold on. One second. I'm drop my mic. I'm just telling them to uh, unmute the video if they want audio. Nico's gonna be right back. Yeah. Gonna watch him type. It'll be great. Might be a good time for that uh, post magic to uh, help change this too. I'm so upset with Charter right now. 
<laughs> I'm surprised. My little third world internet is holding up. Uh, 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 well, uh, you're the one streaming, so you're doing the heavy lifting. <laughs> my download's working great. I can still see you, but yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, Dude, I guess. Anyway, yeah, so uh, let's let's start over with that question. Would you do it again? Would uh, Would I do it again? The answer is definitely hell yes. Uh, I would do it much differently, though. Uh, I was going to say, if you can make it s- even three months and further, I mean, a tip of the hat to you, you're, you're an exceptional human being. I mean, there are ways to, to be able to do it successfully, but the way I was like blazing through it, I got burnt out really quick. I remember after two months, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Uh, so I'd, I would actually do it. I, I love the idea of this long-term travel. Uh, I think the first thing I would do very differently is I, I definitely want to bring my girlfriend with me. I, the thought of having to put her through this again, <laughs> that, oh, wow, yeah. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even just saying that. It's kind of, kind of point, like, if you are in a, in a relationship, like, you want to be able to share those moments. So I definitely want to share all the moments that I'm going to have in the future with her. So bring her along. Uh, number two is probably spend more time in a single country. So definitely not try to be a country counter. So I'm definitely guilty of country counting, which is like, I wanted to go to X many countries. No, that's, that should never be the focus. The focus is getting a fulfilling and enriching uh, experience in where you are. I mean, you can do even get that experience in the country you're in. You don't even have to go very far. Um, and I'm looking forward to traveling in Sri Lanka too, because now with a real job, I, I won't have that much time off like I did. So I'm going to have to take a lot of little trips and I'm looking forward to that as well. So it's kind of how it's, it's definitely a choose your own adventure um, scenario. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that. Uh, another thing I would do differently. So I've covered, I bring my girlfriend with me short amount of time. Uh, no, actually that, that would be the two things that would change. Just don't go for so long and spend more time in one country and I'd bring my girlfriend with me. So that's, that, yeah, I would. I would never. I'm always gonna be traveling. Like I definitely came home. I it was. It was weird to me when I first came back, not thinking about like where I'm going next. Well, yeah, I was like, oh, I guess I'm here for a while, <laughs> you know. After having to think about having to move every like three or four days, it's 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 different. It's nice, but again, I'm still in that mode sometimes. Like I'm not fully unpacked yet, so it's almost like I'd be ready to go at any point. But yeah, that's. That's that. Sweet, man. Well, I think that wraps up our last episode. Uh, Sorry we have three uh, parts that we're going to have to parse together. <laughs> so this is, this, I know Harry Potter was split in two parts. The, the new season of Game of Thrones in two parts. But we got three parts. We got three parts. Don't and worry, there's, gotta, no, edit. there's no middle beginning and end there. We just got to cut no, wherever no. we felt like it. That's pretty yeah, much how yeah, it we is, just, so. yeah, that's absolutely no chaos. Uh, well, Tom, if you're out there, what the hell, man? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you watch this recording. Uh, all three of them. All three of them in a huge marathon. Uh, but I want to say when we wrap up, man, both of you guys, thank you so much. I think you're the one that came up with this idea. And it was fun. I mean, it just gave us an excuse to, like, talk. I know, I know we talk all the time, but uh, I think we – I think I hope you learned a lot doing this. I don't, I've never podcasted before, so this is fun. I, uh, so I'm looking forward. I mean, I even played some of the old episodes back, and I was like, oh, wow, this is, <laughs> we did this. So another thing for me to remember this trip by, and I think it's one of the greatest souvenirs that I, I could 
ever have. So thank you so much for putting this together. Uh, and thank you to everyone that's really following along. I mean, I get even uh, the people that I run across here, some of the some of my old friends who I went to like high school with, they're like, hey, man, it was kind of fun. Like my girlfriend keeps them up to date on, on everything. But it's like, hey, like, God, what it feel like? So it's 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 nice. It's a good feeling. So thank you to everyone that that followed along. I mean, this trip was definitely the best and worst thing I've done. And I think thank you for following along. And you know, I'm back, <laughs> back safe. And I'm going to be telling the story. Uh, and I'm never going to stop telling the story because I, I highly encourage it. I highly encourage doing something something like this to almost anyone. All right, I think that wraps it up, man. Any any plugs? Any anything plugs, else you want to say? Yeah. So now that I'm back, I, I'm definitely putting a lot of priority into kind of telling the story, and I've I've actually started writing again. I've been, I'm writing on my website, where in the world is Nico com. There's some new pieces up there for the first time in a very long time. So head over there uh, to to read some of the new stuff that I'm writing. I'm also getting back into video, uh, <clears throat> and I still so. My YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Nico Atienza. It says N-I-C-O-A-T-I-E-N-Z-A. I got a lot of stuff to push out there, so keep us so keep an eye out on that. So yeah, those are the two things, man. Where in the world is Nico.com and youtube.com slash Nico Atienza. That's where you're gonna find. I'm hoping to I still have a lot to say on the topic and a lot of stuff I want to get done, so keep an eye out for those two places. And make sure you subscribe and hit that little bell in his YouTube channel so you, yeah, know, so you get notified yeah, every time he posts. That's, 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 that's true. A, that's my, that's that. my, uh, my uh, tip, my hot yeah, tip. Hey, hey, hot tip. tip. Thanks, hit the bell on YouTube. <laughs> Don't just subscribe. Subscribing hit helps. It's great. You'll get notified. But the bell, the bell is the key. So definitely hit that bell. Bam, bam, bam. All right. Ah, oh, this is it. The last episode is done, right? I think you need to sign it off. Sign it off, big guy. <sighs> and we're done. Thank you so much. This is the last episode. And we're out. I'm going to drop my mic now.